Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service. I'm so happy that you're here today. I would like to invite you to take your Holy Bibles and meet me today in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, and let's go to verse 17 today. And we're going to receive the tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. And then I want to share something fascinating with you about the biblical subject of reaping. Glory to God. It's very exciting. But first, let's honor the Lord. Even let's worship the Lord by bringing the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. Let me give you a few scriptures to build up your faith to walk in a financial covenant with the Lord. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, the Lord speaking to Adam said, Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it. Now, of course, this is a product of the sin of Adam and Eve. The ground has been cursed. They're going to have to really toil in their labor all the days of their life. Verse 18, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. So there is toil, sweat, and the curse all working together, and it was very difficult for the ground to produce. But let's go over a few chapters to Genesis chapter 8, and take a look at what happened with Noah when Noah made a very reverential sacrifice after the ark had landed on the mountains of Ararat, and the flood is now over, and he is now on dry ground. Verse 16, the Lord said, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Verse 20, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, now this is very important, verse 21, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. And then he goes into verse 22, which are natural laws, that are established by God, and also spiritual laws. So, we see the initial curse released into the earth, affecting the ground, affecting uh, very negative, very, just very difficult production, but now God is going to release a spiritual law and a natural law. Verse 22, while the earth remains, and of course the earth it's still here. You can stand up, put your feet on it. It's still here. Uh, just to let you know, it's also not going anywhere. It's going to be here forever. That, of course, is mentioned to us in other passages in Scripture. Well, Pastor Stephen, I thought that, that Peter the Apostle said, it's all going to be burned up and destroyed. The word, the wordage that actually Peter used when he talked about uh, that scenario really refers to a fiery cleansing. But the earth is not going anywhere. It, sa it says in Ecclesiastes that the earth abides forever. So it's, it's always going to be here. Will it go through a great cleansing? Yes, it needs to. It, it, there's a point it's going to need to because uh, just think of all the radioactive material we've dumped in the oceans, we've buried in the ground. Think of all the sin 
that has, uh, you know, sinful things that contaminated and polluted the earth, and even uh, sin throughout the universe, because when radio or satellite signals go out, you know, it's taking, you know, radio signals and shooting them off into space, and a lot of garbage music, and a lot of garbage talk shows, and all of that, not only going through the airwaves of the earth, but, you know, it goes out in space as well, and that is a form of defilement. All of that will be burned, will be cleansed by fire, and it, it will be, there will be a purging that takes place. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 22, look at these laws. While the earth remains, and it's still here, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Let me talk just for a moment, share with you uh, what Scripture here reveals as the law of the harvest. The law of the harvest is this. It's very simple. Harvest only responds to seed. Okay, say that with me. Say, say, harvest only responds to seed. And that's a law. That is an absolute law. Uh, harvest does not respond to prayers. Imagine the foolishness of a, of a farmer sitting on his porch, looking out over his vast acreage of land, praying that God would give him a harvest yet he never, ever so seed. You would think he's crazy, but Christians do it all the time. They, they, they somehow think that despite their failure in obeying God's financial principles, that somehow if they pray, everything's going to be okay financially. But here's the law of the harvest. Harvest only responds to seed. Harvest does not respond to prayers any more than it does the farmer sitting on his porch in a rocking chair praying that somehow just God would give him a harvest, yet he's sown no seed. Craziness. Total craziness. So harvest does not respond to prayers. Let me go further. Harvest has no respect for fasting. Pastor Stephen, you wrote a book on prayer and fasting. Yes, I did. Pastor Stephen, I'm inspired. I'm going to do a 40-day fast believing God for a harvest. I didn't say that in my book. Now, fasting is a platform for spiritual empowerment, signs, wonders, miracles, healings, gifts of the Spirit. Ah, but it, uh, you, you can't take that in, in that area and come over here and try to make it work in another area. You can't do that. You cannot somehow try to mix the laws up. It's not, it's not going to work. You have to, you have to play each sport according to the rules of that sport. You can't play basketball, come over here, get on the soccer field, and think you can bring those rules, those laws over here. No, it's not, it's not obeyed, it's not respected there, it doesn't work there. Praise the Lord. So, harvest does not respond to fasting. Harvest does not respond to human connections. That's where a lot of people in the church make mistakes. They do all this stuff in the flesh. They're, they try to get all these connections. They think, well, if I just do this, that, that's how I'll get rich. No, you're just getting busy. You're just wasting your time. You should have spent more time with the Lord. You should have been digging into the Word, but you put all your confidence in people. And look where it's got you. It doesn't, see, it doesn't work like that. The harvest does not have respect for who you know. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't work like that. doesn't have respect for your positions. Well, I have, I have a, a, a position so-and-so. That, that's good. The harvest doesn't really look at that, and it doesn't move the law of the harvest. What moves the law of the harvest? Seed. Only seed sown equals a harvest. Isn't that simple? But so many people don't get it. 
only seed sown equals harvest. And if you're not sowing seed, you're not going to get a harvest. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, let's think about this for a moment. God is not, He's not in need. <laughs> and He never can be. I know it's kind of a funny statement, but I think sometimes people think they're, they're helping God. Pastor Stephen, uh, God put this stuff in the Bible so that we can help Him out. No, God doesn't need any help. And if God were hungry, you and I would be the last people He'd ever come to to let us know. Well, Pastor Stephen, we can, we can help God out. We can, we can maybe like get a hot dog and cook him a hot dog and, and maybe put it on a balloon or get it up in the air and then get it a little higher so God can grab it. Maybe we could put it on a space shuttle, get it high up so God can grab it. Watch out, God probably throw it back down, hallelujah. God, God, God is not in need. And if He were, you and I are incapable of meeting the needs of God. And if you were hungry, by the way, he says, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. He can get a hamburger anytime he wants. He, he, these rules and principles are not for God's benefit. They're for ours. They're for our benefit. Oh, Jesus, we thank you today. Lord, we give you praise. So we need to obey and follow these spiritual laws. While the earth remains, and it's always going to be here, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Now, if you will work these laws, you will be blessed. If you will honor these laws, you will be blessed. Praise God. Now, Psalm 89, verse 34. Psalm 89, verse 34. Let me catch up here just a moment. Speaks of covenant. Woo! I like saying that word. I like saying the word covenant. This is what God said. My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Did you know that you can enter into a financial covenant with God? I'm not talking about the covenant of salvation, which is the new covenant. Okay, I'm, you know, we have the old covenant, we have the new covenant. The, the new covenant gives us the ability by receiving the grace gift of Christ, it gives us the ability to step into eternal life. We receive forgiveness of sins, and then should we die physically before the Lord returns, we will be raised up our bodies will be raised up when He comes back, the second coming of the Lord. But also, the moment you would die, your spirit and your soul go to be with the Lord. You're happy. You're in heaven. Why? You're washed with the blood of Jesus. That is the covenant of salvation. And that's all you have. That, that's glorious. You're, you're going to heaven to spend your eternity with God. Woo! Glory to God. But there are other covenants there are other covenants that are mentioned. By the way, the covenant of salvation, don't forget salvation is a word that, that includes wholeness. There is so much in that salvation package. Uh, healing is included in that. Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. But here we see in uh, Psalm 89, 34, my covenant I will not break nor alter the word that has gone out of my out of my lips. You can actually come into a financial covenant with God. And the thing about a covenant is that it's so strong that God God can alter a covenant. 
In other words, if you meet the terms and conditions of that covenant, now you obligate God by the integrity of His Word to perform that covenant. And when that covenant is engaged and you're doing your part, God, God can't change it. And it will work. It will work for you. So if you obey these laws, God God will join with you in this covenant. Don't, don't be concerned about God. God will do His part. The thing is, we have to do our part. We have to do our part. And if you're not if you're not a sower, if you don't sow seed, you can't expect a harvest. If you don't sow seed, you cannot expect God to perform that covenant. But if you do, oh, hallelujah, and you anchor in to the covenant through tithing, and you sow, I'm telling you, you're going to reap. Praise God. Here's the thing. God can give a promise, but a promise can be altered here God gives a covenant. Why? A covenant actually has more force. And you'll see numerous times in the Bible where God gave a promise, but somebody fumbled the ball, and God had to alter the promise. But He can't alter a covenant. Let me give you an example of when. This is just one. There's, there's various ones. Uh, here's an example of a promise that was altered. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 29. This uh, is speaking about Eli. Verse 29, why do you kick at my sacrifice? God told him, as you're speaking through a prophet, why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling place, and honor your sons more than me, to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people? Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed, now what is that? That is a promise. I said indeed, that's a promise, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Or as one translation says, shall be insignificant. Wow. Mm. The house of Eli those two rebellious, ungodly sons who so dishonored the Lord, who so dishonored the sacrifices of God, even though a promise had been made to their father, the Lord, the Lord just was so upset with the way he had been dishonored, and Eli putting up with it, that he said, it's off. I'm altering the promise I made to you. But see, a covenant a covenant is different. Oh, glory to God. And you can come into a financial covenant with God. And it, my friends, puts you on a rock solid platform that is so stable that it's just as, it's just as stable as summer and winter, day and night. And those are very, very consistent. Why? They're laws. There are laws that will never change. And so it's seed time and harvest. It is a law that just works. You work it, it works. Praise God. Hallelujah. My, my friends, it's time to work the law of the harvest. Seed time and harvest. And let's honor the Lord with our tithe. Let's put the tithe first. And then there's those times the Holy Spirit moves you, special projects and things we have. You can sow seed. You can sow seed, and you can certainly reap. Praise God. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people today as they are honoring you with the tithes 
and with offerings, with seed sown. We thank you, Father God, that this is a law, and let your people walk with you in a financial covenant. We thank you, Father, that there is exemption from the toil, from the curse, from the strain, from the sweat. There is exemption from that through this covenant, and we receive it, and we work the laws of it. Now, Father, we give you praise. Thank you. Thank you for blessing your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Those of you that are mailing in your tithes and offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, zip code 28654. Those of you that are bringing the tithes and offerings in online, whether from Australia, from America, from China, from Africa, Bring them in online at the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tides and Offerings, Sow and Reap. And you can go there day or night, anytime, and bring them in. It's very safe and secure. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands and say, I am a covenant practitioner. I obey and practice and exercise myself in the law of the harvest, I am a sower, say this, and I am a reaper. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Praise God. Thank you for your gracious and faithful giving. Today, let's go to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 5. Proverbs 10, verse 5. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm so happy in my spirit today. I see God doing great miracles in your life. I see visitation from the Lord coming to you and your whole household being saved. And not only that, your house just serving the Lord. Everybody in love with the Lord. Everybody just on fire for the Lord with an evangelistic love, wanting to see the lost saved. I believe not, that not only parents and children, the immediate household will be saved. I believe God's going to even get cousins, first cousins, second cousins, aunts, uncles. They're all going to get saved. Hallelujah. And it hinges around your walk with God. Hallelujah. Because when you put the Lord first, He takes an interest in your well-being. And the Lord really will watch out for your family. He'll really uh, have them on his heart. I believe he'll just pick every single one off. Everyone will be saved. Praise God. Heavenly Father, as we are going into your word and discussing clouds, seeing through the clouds, breaking through the cloud barrier, Father, we just thank you. Let your spirit of wisdom and good understanding be all over the eyes of our understanding. In the name of Jesus. We give you praise, Father. We thank you for great and mighty miracles, breakthroughs, phenomenal harvest that give you glory. We thank you that you're going to put the greatest seeds in our hands that we've ever sown before, much larger than anything we've ever sown before, because we're going to have great harvest. And so, Father, we're going to have great seed, and it will be cyclical, seed time, harvest. And it's just going to get closer and closer until it's just turning every single day. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' great name. And we all say, Amen. Proverbs chapter 10, let's go down to verse 5. It says, He who gathers in summer is a wise son. Mm. 
The Bible has so much to say about the subject of wisdom, and we want to walk in the wisdom of God. He who gathers in summer, what is it to gather? Let's harvest. He who is harvesting or gather in summer, what is that? Well, you had, you had three harvests in, in the nation of Israel. You had the barley harvest, that came first. Then you had the wheat harvest, uh, the barley harvest right around Passover, which is right where we're at right now. The wheat harvest, which of course wheat's a lot, it tastes a whole lot better than barley. Wheat harvest comes during Pentecost. And then later at the big feast called the Feast of the Ingathering, or sometimes also called uh, the Feast of Booths, because the Israelites would all stay in tents or temporary uh, little structures to remind them of their coming out of Egypt. So that's when they had the fruit harvest. And so then, oh, it's, it's grapes, uh, it's pomegranates, it's figs, it's really, really the good stuff. So this is the gathering in summer. So this would be the summer fruits, this would be the fruits the grapes, the best. He who gathers or harvests in summer is a wise son. There must be wisdom involved in harvesting. There must be wisdom involved in reaping. We want to talk about that today. He who sleeps in harvest. Ooh, I feel uncomfortable just talking about the, the, the unfortunate person who would actually sleep in harvest. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Praise God. Now, I know as I'm teaching today, I'm talking to some people out there. You're very, very consistent tithers. You're very, very gracious givers. And you know what it is to work the mechanics and the principles and the laws of sowing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But you must also understand the principles involved in reaping so that you reap from the seeds that you have sown. I really do believe in my heart that there's a lot of your harvest that's up and it's ripe and it's available for you right now. You may not recognize or be aware that it, that it is, but I'm here today as God's servant to tell you, as God's messenger to let it be known to you that there is a lot of harvest that's up and it's ready to be harvested by you right now. There is a time to get the harvest in. If it gets overripe, it can spoil and rot literally out in the field. But there is a time, and the time is now, to get the harvest in. And when the crops are ready, you have to bring them in, or else you can lose them. Um, we live here in Wilkes County, and it's, it's not what I would call an agricultural you know, community by any means. This is not like the Great Plains of the mid of the Midwest, where you have you know the giant wheat uh, crops, where you know we're talking thousands and thousands of acres. But something very um, valuable around here are apples, and there are a lot of apples harvested and. Just you know, almost almost uh, within walking distance, and there's even apple orchards. We used to have so many that some of them have just been abandoned. And you could, uh, I can even see from my house, 
uh, an abandoned apple orchard with, you know, still it's been left to go wild now, but apples are still growing on it. It's, it's stuff like that all over this county. Apple trees and uh, uh, where I used to live on the backside of the mountain, there was a phenomenal apple orchard. It's still there with some of the most wonderful Honeycrisp apples that you can get. I mean, th those apples are that big. They're not mushy. They are crisp, and they are so sweet. Just a juice. You bite in, the juice just starts running down your cheek. Absolutely delicious. And uh, up in the Brushy Mountains, some of the very old apple orchards are even said to be have been planted by the historical figure, Johnny Appleseed himself, who actually passed through this area, sowing apple seeds. Praise God. And so, uh, we have a lot of apples here, but look, when apples are ripe, you've got to get them in. You've got to got to get them in quick. If if you don't, uh, bugs, birds, all kinds of things are competing, and uh, they they can rot on the tree. They'll fall on the ground. But you've got to get them in, and they have these giant refrigeration units, and so that even after the harvest season is over, months later. Months and months later, uh, you know, a lot of these areas of uh, these apple orchards, they have the like boutique shops where you can go and uh, the, the apples have already been harvested, but you can go into the big freezer. And these are giant freezers, you know, like the size of the studio I'm in right here. And they're just apples everywhere. And you could, you could pick the ones you want more than, more than you could ever carry. It's absolutely wonderful, but you've got to get them in quick when it's time because there's a very short window for harvesting. Praise God. So here, what the scripture is letting us know is that it's possible to actually sleep through a harvest in the natural. And you could also, you could also even sleep through a harvest in the spiritual. That, that has happened. Sometimes, uh, I, I think a lot of times it's been caught, but other times it hasn't turned out so good. Let me give you a good example of a spiritual harvest that has turned out really, really well. There are, of course, many others throughout church history. Here's one that's a little more recent. Uh, this was back in the 1980s. Let's go to the continent of Africa. And in, in the 70s particularly, there was a lot of fasting and prayer going on in the continent of Africa amongst the Christians. And it, it was cries of God, bring revival. And also cries of God, bring dignity to the church. Why? Because the African church had really been hit hard by the enemy. It's, it's like on purpose the enemy saw the potential of the African church that, it ever, that it, if it ever began to rise up, it could be, a, it could be a, a global power in many ways. And so it's like the enemy gave extra effort to try, try to keep it crushed, keep it in poverty, uh, keep it in a place of, you know, defeat and failure. But there was so much fasting and prayer, and the, and the leaders were fasting and prayer, and revival began to catch fire. And so people are getting saved, and it actually got to a place uh, on the continent of Africa, where the salvation rate actually overtook the birth rate. What does that, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say more people were getting saved, receiving Christ, being born again, than babies were being delivered in hospitals or in houses. So the salvation rate actually overtook the birth rate. And it, and it didn't slow down, it just kept on going because many of those godly people that prayed for the harvest once it started happening, they didn't take their foot off the gas pedal. It's like they just pushed it. Uh, and that's one thing that results will do. God, results just motivate you like, hey, it's working. Let's just, let's put gasoline on the fire. 
And so uh, revivals just began to break out all over the continent. And, you know, you've heard about the revival in Nigeria, uh, which in so many ways is still ongoing, but revivals in other African nations. But uh, there, was a, there was a point where God spoke to Bishop David Oyedipo concerning the harvest back in the 1980s. And he said, the harvest of Africa, and, and uh, Bishop Oyedipo actually heard the Lord speak this to him. And, he, and the, the Lord spoke to him and said, the harvest of Africa is overripe. Rush in and preserve it from decadence. And so that, that meant really, hey, the harvest is up and you've got to move now. You've got to, you, remember, there's a, there's a time span on the harvest, just like in the natural. If you don't get that fruit in, it can rot. And so the Lord told them, rush in and preserve it from decadence. And they rushed in there and just began to, they began the harvest. And, uh, you know, souls were just being saved left and right. Of course, you've heard about Reinhard Bonnke, how God sent him there as a mighty uh, spirit-filled evangelist. And in one meeting, in one of Reinhard Bonnke's meetings, over one million people were saved at one time, in one meeting. Woohoo! Glory to God. And of course, uh, today, Bishop Oyedipo's church in Nigeria uh, has over 400,000 members. Uh, the apostle, the, the man of God in my life, the man that I call on the phone when I need to ask a spiritual question, the man of God that I will be seeing in, in a few weeks, the, the man of God that, uh, that's my spiritual father, um, he jointly holds, the. I, I think it's still the Guinness World Record, of having spoken to the largest crowd at one time. You want to you talk about a harvest crowd? How about this? He and a few other ministers, because, you know, and a lot of pastors that all worked in that community, there in the Philippines, all, uh, all came together, and there was a meeting one time. Six million people came to hear the gospel preached, and he was one of the primary speakers, my, uh, my apostle in my life. And he spoke to six million people, not on TV, in person. <laughs> well, Pastor Stephen, that, that's like the size of uh, L.A., uh, larger, actually. Yeah, all at one time. And, you know, this is a crowd that just goes, I mean, and goes and goes and goes. You're talking loudspeakers everywhere, and uh, what, this is wide and deep. This is breadth and width. Glory to God. So he spoke and preached the gospel to six million people from the platform, live, at one time, in person. Glory to God. What's that? That's harvest. That, that is harvest. And when it's ripe, they're ready to come? Oh, if you're ready to hear it, yeah, we'll preach. Praise God. But yeah, that, that's rush in. Why? The nation, the whole city, the whole nation can be impacted for the gospel in moments like that. Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, something interesting happened at, at, after the close of World War II. Um, the Japan Emperor Hirohito, he, of course, before the Japanese lost the war, he was worshipped as a living avatar. He was worshipped as a, as a god, and that was part of the Shinto religion. They actually held him up as a as a god on the earth. Well, that all got blown out of the water when the nation was defeated, and he basically, you know, publicly said, you know, our, our religion is a total flop, and obviously I'm not a god, and so it just broke the demonic powers 
briefly that were over the nation and it just crushed that that religious spirit and so the emperor spoke to the commanding U.S. general and he spoke to General Douglas MacArthur and he said if if you want us to he said we'll make the whole nation of Japan a Christian nation and and this is what the conquered emperor said we'll make it a Christian nation and uh, General MacArthur really st- he really thought about it for about a day and he, he came back and he answered him he said no he said that's not right he said any religion where you're forced to be a part of that religion it's not a true religion God doesn't want you, you can't forcibly Christianity doesn't work like that and so the emperor uh, he thought it over and he said well okay we won't do that but he said please do this now watch this he said we are a humbled nation we are looking for answers please now watch this he said please Mr. MacArthur please send us from America 10,000 Christian missionaries so that we might be taught that we might be taught the Christian faith we want to know about Jesus we want to know about your God well a lot of people never knew about this conversation but General MacArthur shared it later with Billy Graham and Billy Graham revealed all of these things in a prayer breakfast in 1964 in New York. It was a uh, it was a prayer breakfast that he was having there, and he just let let the whole thing out. You know, it didn't really matter at that point. And he basically talked about that conversation that uh, General MacArthur had shared with him uh, regarding the Emperor of Japan. And you know what Billy Graham said that the best America could do was a handful. You could almost count them on two hands. The the missionaries that went. So the emperor, the ruler over the nation, who everybody is going to do whatever he says, he's asking for 10,000. We could only get about 10, something like that. that. That's about it. That's about it. What happened? What happened? We lost the harvest. We lost the harvest. Well, now, the, some of us, maybe we could say we're exempt. I wasn't even, I wasn't even born then. <laughs> you too, for many of you, praise God. But the fact of the matter is, today, what's the result today? Well, today, look at Nigeria. Some of the largest churches in the world are in Nigeria today. Some of the, some of the most powerful churches are on the continent of Africa today. Why? The harvest was reaped. Glory to God. What happened in Japan? Only 1% today of Japanese people are Christian. Only 1% profess the Christian faith. 99% are either Buddhist or they've gone back to the uh, Shinto religion. Mm. Well, my friends, we've got to understand how to reap the harvest. There is sowing, yes, but we also must understand the dynamics of reaping. Glory to God. He who sleeps, he who sleeps during harvest. Look, when the wheat harvest is up, the farmer He's already out there with his combine at 4.30 in the morning mowing and reaping that harvest. Well, Pastor Stephen, he must be tired. He don't care if he's tired. That, this, this, is, this is money time. Okay? And we're not just talking about money here. We're talking about all kinds of things that it's time to reap. All kinds of things it's time to reap. We're, we, we, I just got through giving the example of souls, which is the most important thing. But look, you're going to have to get up and have a hustle. And because because it's your harvest time, you really should be excited. 
this really is your harvest time. Maybe not for everything, but I'm telling you what, for some, for some big things, oh, absolutely. It's, it's up right now. Praise God. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Please drop down with me to verse 4. Oh, this is a fascinating verse. The Word of God has so much wisdom. Now, wisdom will always be associated with instructions. So if you want to walk in the wisdom of God, you're going to have to have a humble heart to receive the instructions of the Lord and be teachable. Praise God. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 4. He who observes the wind will not sow. I think we've all faced that. And I think we've all, how can we say, a fumble the ball on that one? He who observes the wind will not sow. Pastor Stephen, I know you have a special project right now, but I, I can't sow because at the end of the month I've got this thing coming up, and if I sow, I'm afraid I'm going to come up short. Hmm, what are you doing? You've got your eyes on the wrong thing. You're not observing the word, you're observing the wind. And that's why a lot of people never sow. They'll never go for it. Why? They're just watching the wind all the time. I know you can't really see it, but you have, you, you just feel it blowing. You feel the wind blowing, and uh, uh, I'd really like to do that, Pastor Stephen. I'd really like to sow towards that, uh, but, but I can't. You know, I'm trying to plan a family vacation in the summer, and, you know, I've got to save every dollar for that. Oh, well, why not sow a seed for that? Why not sow a seed so that you have the most amazing vacation you've ever had in your life? Well, well they don't do it. They, everything is just always observing the wind. And because of that, they never sow. Well, we've already talked about that. If you don't ever put any seed out, you're never going to have any harvest. And the law of the harvest only responds to seed sown. Well, those are the people that are looking at circumstances. I can't do it. I can't do it. And they don't. And because of that, they're not tying into God's kingdom economy. He who observes the wind will not sow. And you know what's amazing? There are times the Holy Spirit can really, really move on people. I'm talking about God's people, and they still won't sow. Why? They're, they're, they're afraid because of the wind. Circumstances instead of the Word, instead of the Spirit. Even, even uh, when the Holy Spirit is moving really, really strong on a person, and when the Holy Spirit's doing that, He's trying to get you blessed. He's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you, but He can't get it to you unless you work kingdom principles. God will never violate His Word. He doesn't do crooked deals. You do it His way, you sow the seed, you get the harvest. There is no other way to get in. Any other way is a thief. It's a, it's a lie. Let's think about Satan. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He tries to get into the sheep pen through another door. Mm. But Jesus is the only door. Any other way is a thief and a robber. Praise God. God will never violate His Word. He will never violate His principles. There's no need for you to try to reinvent the wheel. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The enemy will always give you a reason for why you should not sow right now. He'll always have wind reasons for why you shouldn't sow right now. Well, you probably shouldn't sow right now. Uh, you could have a job layoff. 
You probably shouldn't sow right now. You need to save for that trip coming up. And on and on it goes. You probably shouldn't sow right now because of that family emergency that, you know, you need to just keep saving up more for that. They'll always give you a reason for why you can't sow. What is that? What's going on? You're just regarding the, you're watching the wind all the time. You're watching the wind all the time. Now, some of you, though, you have seen past the wind, and you have chosen not to look at the wind and observe the wind. You have decided that you're going to sow seed, and you've done it. Hallelujah. You have honored the Lord. Now, let's touch on the subject of reaping. Glory to God. Praise God. He who observes the wind will not sow. Okay? So, there are many that are watching today. Um, you just said, forget the wind. I'm going to work the Word of God. I'm not concerned about all this wind and these, you know, contrary situations. I'm so anyhow, and you've done that. Now, watch this. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. Oh, today we need to talk about what you do after you have sown. Because you can look at the wrong thing and not reap. Woo! Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. We don't want to be cloud observers. Glory to the Lord. Let me read it again. He who regards the clouds will not reap. Let's talk about the clouds today. Let's see through the clouds. Let's walk by faith today, and let's get our eyes on the Word. Praise the Lord. Mm. In the same way that the enemy can give you reasons for why it's never a good time to sow, he can also give you reasons, excuses, of why it's just not a good time to reap. And he'll say things like this, there's too much going on in the company. You, you can't reap right now. They, they can never give you a, a raise or a bonus. Uh, there's just too much going on, so don't expect it. He'll say there's too many problems with your government, so because of that it's not possible for you to reap right now. As if your harvest was associated with the government somehow. Woo! Lord have mercy. But that's what the enemy will say. He'll give you all kinds of reasons of why you can't have it right now. There's too many problems in the world. There's too many complexities in your life. There's too much going on with your family. The needs of your family are too great. It's not a good time for harvest right now. It's not a good time to reap right now. Mm. And if you have ever in your mind had thoughts, maybe where you have even, you know, kind of put a thought out there, and the enemy has responded, and you, you put a thought out there like, well, I wonder if I can get it now. He'll always say, oh no, not right now. Now's not a good time. It's not a good time. Why? He'll get you to look at the clouds. Why? Because he knows that if you regard the clouds, you're not going to reap, even though you've sown. Mm, glory to God. And you'll wonder, 
I wonder if I can have it this year. And the enemy will always say, oh, no, not this year. Uh, this year's, it's, it, it can't happen this year. You can have it next year. But then when next year rolls around, he'll tell you the same lie. Oh, this is not a good year. And so it goes on and on and on and on. What's going on? You're looking at clouds. Mm -mm. I'm the cloud buster today. Hallelujah. I'm anointed by the Holy Spirit to give you a cloud busting message today. Hallelujah. They get all of these excuses. They get all of this fluff and puff and clouds out of the way so that you can reap the harvest that is right in front of you now. Glory to God. Mm -mm. Don't go anywhere. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, you know this verse, verse 19. Mm, thank you, Jesus. And my God shall supply all your need according to the clouds. <laughs> no, no, okay, okay, just a moment. My God shall supply all your need according to the weather patterns. No, no. Pastor Stephen, you've got a wrong translation. That's right. That's the cloud translation. Okay, let me try it again. My God shall supply all your need according to how the economy is doing. No, no. Your harvest is not tied to the economy. Watch this. Your harvest is not tied to your job. Your harvest is not tied to the clouds. Your harvest is tied to God's endless, boundless resources. Mm. My God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. God's not broke. God don't need no Vienni sausage. God doesn't need some kind of hand-me-out. God doesn't need some kind of a welfare program. God's loaded, and He has endless, boundless supply. And when you tie into Him, you tie into His ability to always get the harvest to you. But if you tie into the clouds, you'll look and you'll just think, well, uh, uh, it's not a good time. Don't look at the clouds. He who looks at the clouds and considers them and examines them and meditates and ponders all of that stuff and constantly watching the stock market and constantly watching the business news on the, on the news networks and programs, constantly watching, you're never going to reap. Hallelujah. Get into the Word. Get full of faith. Praise God. And don't look at the clouds. Look at what God said. Look at what God said, and you'll realize there's harvest right in front of you. It's your harvest. And you can reap it right now. Praise God. But, 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 but Pastor Stephen, you don't understand. The butts, the butts, and the butts are clouds. They're excuses. Stop making excuses for why you can't reap right now. Those are clouds. And as long as you keep magnifying the clouds, you're not going to reap. Praise God. You don't reap according to cloudy skies. Mm. I want to talk right now. To the heart of those who are tithers, who sow, 
Now, if you're not a tither, you're going to have to stop robbing God. You're just going to have to stop doing that, and you're going to have to, you're going to, have to obey the Scriptures. If you're not going to work the Word, this is not going to work for you. Praise God. But if you want to come into financial covenant, if you want to rise up and be a champion, if you want to be a shaker and a mover in the earth, empowered by God with angels of finance assigned to your life, well, you go in the financial realms of glory, you're going to have to work these principles. Praise God. But I'm telling you, if you're working, you'll start going up. There's only one place you're going, my, my brother and my sister, and that is straight to the top. Because God said, if you do this, I'll make you ride on the high places of the earth. And if you're riding on the high places of the earth, you can't be underneath a barrel begging for food at the same time. You can't be scraping just trying to keep your nose above water. That's, that's survival. God's not into survival. God's into you thriving. God's into you going to the top. God's into you becoming a kingdom impact giver. God wants you to be a heavyweight financial champion. And God wants you to pull in the harvest of souls. And it's, it's just impossible to do that when you're broke and you, you just, you're struggling. No, 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 you, you can't do it. You, you have to operate on God's level. You must get on God's system. The kingdom of God has come among you. The principles are being unlocked. Hallelujah. But you must take them and work them and exercise them. I want to talk to the heart of those who are sowers. And you sow, and you tie, and you sow, and you tie, and you think a thought, Lord, where's my harvest, because Lord, I know it's true, but Lord, where is my harvest? Let me talk to you today for a few moments. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 26. Glory to God. Verse 26, and He said, this would be Jesus, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. How many of you have done that? You've sown seed on good ground, and should sleep by night, and rise by day. And that's what you've done. You go to sleep at night, get up in the morning, you're looking for your harvest. Praise God. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. You don't have to understand it all. You don't have to be an agricultural scientist. You don't have to have a Ph.D. in botany to know what a plant does. Just work, this, work the system. Seed time harvest. Tithing. Seed time harvest. You don't have to understand all of these little things of how the roots go. You don't have to know. You don't have to learn all that. You don't have to learn about minerals in the soil. Soil knows what to do. Just work these things. It's very, very simple. Mmm. And shall sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed shall sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. You don't have to have a PhD to sow and reap. That's okay. Although a PhD is very nice. If you've earned that, that's a that's a quite an accomplishment, praise God. Verse 28 For the earth yields crops by itself. I'm telling you what, the earth knows what to do, the soil knows what to do. First the blade then the head, after that the full grain in the head. Verse 29, but when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. I want to I ask you a question. Is reaping automatic? 
Don't answer just yet. Think about it for a moment. As the Old Testament psalmist would say, Selah, which means to pause and meditate on what was just spoken. Is reaping automatic? Praise you, Lord Jesus, today. Is reaping automatic? According to what Jesus just taught, who sows the seed? You do. I do. I do. You and I, we, we are the ones who sow seed. Who causes the seed to grow and develop? Well, according to what Jesus said, that's God's responsibility. But who reaps the harvest? Read it again. Verse 29. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle. Not God. You do. I do. He puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. When the harvest has come, you have to put in the sickle and you have the responsibility to reap it. In the natural, never does the harvest just come walking out of the field and tell the farmer, hey, where's your barn? Point to the barn. We're going to walk right into it. It doesn't work like that. The farmer has to get out into the field when that harvest is ripe, and he is the one that has to reap it and put the sickle in and bring it in. Never do ripe tomatoes, as beautiful and as enjoyable as they look to be, never do ripe tomatoes on the vine. Just leap off the vine and land on your plate and say, now stick me on a fork and eat. They, they, they don't do that. You have to reap it. Even if you grew it in your own kitchen and you put it there in the sunlight and you put a little fertilizer stick in there and you put water in there and you took good care of it for three months and now it's just loaded with tomatoes, they're still not going to jump off the vine and just end up somehow in your fridge or on your plate. You're going to have to reach over there and reap them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And enjoy thus the fruits of your labor. Mmm. So, is reaping automatic? No, it's not. I think a lot of Christians think it is, but reaping is not automatic. You sow by faith, and you also are going to have to reap by faith. Reaping is not all up to God. And that is an area sometimes in this process, seed time harvest, well, some Christians don't understand. It's not all up to God. We have a part to play. Same thing in evangelism. They, they, you can pray, you can fast for the unsaved to be one the Christ, and the Spirit of God can be moving on people, but you need to reap the harvest. You need to pull the nets. Preach the gospel. Give the altar call. Give them an, a chance to accept Christ and pull the net and see what comes in. But if you don't pull that net, if, a, if somebody does not stand up and, and proclaim the good news, they don't know how to respond. They don't want, know what to do. Praise God. We must be involved in reaping, naturally and spiritually. Peter sowed in a way where the Lord Jesus wanted to preach to the multitudes. He asked to use Peter's boat. And he, and he, you know, Peter just backs out a little bit, and Jesus speaks 
from that boat that's there on the shallow water, and his voice goes across that water, up that embankment like a natural amphitheater, his voice hitting that uh, upward curvature of the land, and it, you know, it was just like having natural loudspeakers, it just, uh, it was a great sound, natural sound system area, the multitudes heard, people were ministered to, the teaching was phenomenal, but when Jesus was done, he didn't, he did not turn around to Peter and say, hey, really appreciate your time, you allowing me to use your equipment, your boat, uh, thanks a lot, he didn't do that. He said, hey, in essence, basically, because, I, you know, I took your time, because you allowed me to use your boat, to use your, your equipment, launch out into the deep for a catch. Launch out into the deep for a catch. What, what is Jesus saying? Hey, you sowed, Peter, you sowed, it's harvest time, right now. What's the first thing that happened to Peter? A cloud, a cloud. He sees a cloud. What was his cloud? Exhaustion. He's already worked all night, hard. And not only that, when the sun came up, he didn't go to bed. This man, Jesus, has asked to borrow his boat. So he's, he, he wanted to go to bed when the sun came up. He was tired. He was discouraged. Fished all night, caught, caught nothing. Now somebody, a preacher, is asking to use his boat. So he goes extended time. Now he's real tired. And at the end of that, look, look I told you, you're probably going to have to uh, really push. You might not get as much sleep as you want. That's okay. It's harvest time. Sleep after the harvest. Don't sleep during the harvest. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Peter was tired, but he, he, he lends his boat to the Lord. The Lord turns right around after he's done preaching, says, launch out into the deep. And now Peter is probably really tired. And you, I have to be honest with you, you may be also, but when God's in it, push a little bit more. Why? You're, you're about to hit the gusher. You're about to see harvest multiplied back to you. And so Peter had enough wisdom to honor Jesus, the man of God, and say, nevertheless, at your word. And so the cloud of fatigue, the cloud of, of previous experience of not having any results, the cloud of having already cleaned all the nets, but he caught the Lord's word. This is imperative. So he said, nevertheless, at your word. And they, they turn right around. They start heading out to the deep. And did they ever get the whopper boat sinking load of fish, net breaking boat sinking load of fish, harvest time. But you can miss your harvest if you say, I'm too tired, Lord, I just, I, I, I know you want me to go out, and I, I know you're anointed, and I, I, something can probably happen, I'm just tired, God, I'm tired. If you do that, oh, oh don't do that. I just, I just speak over you that you're not going to do that, that if an angel have to, uh, if, if an angel has to, I don't know, uh, put something on you where you get strength, I, ju I just pray that God will intervene supernaturally so that you don't ever miss your harvest. You get one more phone call, one more email, that could be the one, that could be the one, that could be the one. That could be the one that puts you up. And sometimes you know it is. Rise up. You, you know, I've got to do it. Yes, do it. Rise up. Glory to God. 
you're giving one more interview, one more job uh, opening pops up, and the interview is last minute that will get you in there. Go. That could be the one that could be the dream job. That could be the destiny connection that you that you sowed towards, that you've prayed towards. That could be the one. But you're going to have to push yourself. Praise God. Your harvest is there, but you must go by faith. And it is imperative that if you get a word from the Lord, you must, you must step out by faith and um, follow that word. If you do, my friends, you're going to reap. You're going to reap in a major way. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, I think about um, many stories, even in my own life. I recently heard Pastor Benny Hinn tell a good story where he talked about he was, it was a certain Sunday, and he was, he was real tired. And um, it already, uh, I think he'd already preached, and he was tired, he's fatigued, and he just wanted to rest. He had, had a, also a very, very busy week. And he got a call from a businessman a uh, very well-known businessman named Bill, Bill Swad. Bill Swad was very popular in Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship because he was a phenomenally successful businessman. Owned uh, multiple car dealerships. Um, and he was a great man. Just loved God, constantly getting people saved. And he, he also liked my testimony because he was there in, in Phoenix, Arizona about 20 years plus back when I shared my testimony at the National Convention, and he talked with me. Uh, I talked with him on the telephone one time, and he was instrumental in being a real blessing to many ministers. And uh, he had called Benny Hinn and said, there's a man in your city, a very wealthy man who's sick. And he said, he said, Pastor Benny, please go over and pray for him. And Benny Hinn said, that's the last thing I want to do. I don't feel any anointing. I'm tired. I, I need a break. And I, that's the last thing I want to do. Uh, but you know, at the same time, Benny Hinn said he was believing God for down payment money for a property that he wanted to buy for the church to expand. And Bill Swad said, please. He said, Benny, go over and pray for that man. He said, I really believe that man will bless you if you'll do it. Benny said, I don't want to do it. I'm tired. And Bill Swad said, please go pray for him. And he finally conceded and said, okay, I'll go pray for him. And he went over and he said, he, Benny had said he prayed one of the shortest prayers he's ever prayed. He basically said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the disease, be healed in Jesus name and turned out, turned around and walked out. That was it. That was it. But the man was healed. He was miraculously healed of an incurable condition. And the man was so ecstatic that he gave $50,000 for Benny Hinn to put into the ministry. And Benny Hinn took that $50,000. It was exactly what he needed for the down payment for that land. Woo! What is that? That's harvest. It's right now harvest. But see, the harvest came through that situation. You're tired. Push just a little bit more. Push just a little bit more. Boom! That one prayer that probably took about 12 seconds, $50,000 harvest came out of that. Glory to God. And there are times you're pushed, you're, you feel you're stretched, and you've got to look, go a little bit further. You've got to go a little bit further. It's often that's the time you'll hit the harvest. Glory to God. You're going to reap. Praise God. But look, don't look at clouds. Sometimes a cloud can be your fatigue. Sometimes the cloud can be like, I've already cleaned the nets. Sometimes the clouds can be, hey, I've already taken my suit off. I don't want to put it back over on again. Or, you know, I, uh, I had a, a phone call one night 
while I lived up on the mountain here in Moravian Falls, at 9 o'clock at night, I got a phone call from a, a, a man, he and his wife, uh, his wife had cancer, and I had been over earlier in the morning to minister the Word of God to her, to teach her a Bible message, and they called me at 9 o'clock at night, the husband called and said, um, said, Stephen, can you come back up on the uh, mountain to the top to our house, and can you... Uh, can you pray? Can you uh, give us another little message and pray for my wife? And I thought in my heart, you know, it's nine o'clock at night. I mean, who just drives up the mountain, you know, and just like, you know, it's not like I could just pull these out of my hat, you know, but I just felt in my heart, go for it. I also felt in my heart, it's not like I've got anything else to do. What am I going to do? Sit, sit down and watch Gunsmoke on TV? Sit, sit down and watch old re re reruns or. There's nothing on TV that's worth watching, um, unless it's good Christian television, good programs on Christian TV. So I just thought, why not? Just go for it. And I went. And uh, you know what? I had a need. I had a, like an immediate need uh, to pay a bill that was $5,000. And I went up there. I drove to the house, uh, got dressed, spruced up, drove up to the house. By the time I get there, it's like 930. And I get there. And when they get there, they're smiling. The husband and wife are smiling. And the husband says, Stephen, we didn't really want you to teach another message. The one you taught earlier was just wonderful, and we're still kind of like, you know, assimilating, digesting that message. We, we really wanted you to come up here because we have a blessing for you. And uh, over there on the mantle of the fireplace, there's a check, and the money's already in the bank. You can, t you can take it and cash it tomorrow morning. It's a check for $5,000. <laughs> Woo! Woo! I'm glad I, I rose at nine o'clock at night and went and got my blessing. Went and got my blessing. What was that? Miracle harvest. Miracle harvest. Glory to the Lord. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to share some good news with you. The Lord spoke to me a few hours before I came out to preach this message to you, and He spoke to me and told me, Be of good cheer. He has supernaturally preserved your harvest. You can still reap on every seed that you have sown. Can you imagine what would happen if you reaped off of every seed that, is, that has yet been harvested? Can you imagine the magnitude of your harvest? Well, you need to consider that. Because many of you have got seeds out there that were sown 10, 15, 20, 25 years, and they have never yet till this day been reaped. But there, I'm telling you, there is big harvest right in front of you now. You need to be very, very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You need to be getting up early in the morning and praying. You need to be spending time in the Word because the Word of the Lord is going to come to you. God's going to tell you what to do. God's going to tell you to step out. And when you do it, watch how the harvest will materialize right before you. But do not be cloud watching right now. Glory to God. Now, you don't understand, you understand, I'm talking about natural circumstances. I'm talking about spiritual circumstances. Uh, it, the clouds are beautiful. And I've even seen God uh, form clouds in the beautiful shapes. Uh, but I'm talking, when I'm talking about clouds, I'm talking about excuses and reasons why it can't happen now. Stop that thinking. Stop listening to those kinds of excuses. There is harvest before you right now. Rise up and by faith, reap. Hallelujah. And when you get a word from the Lord, it's gold. It's, it's, I'm telling you what, it's there. 
every single time those words are coming very strong very clear be walking very very close to the Lord God's also going to put people in your life that they are so ready to get saved that that they'll they're going to they're going to even ask you about Jesus sometimes yes it will be that direct they're going to ask you about Jesus and it's not like they're trying to set you up for some kind of trap they're actually they really want to know they it's it's the moment it's the time and as you share with wisdom as you share uh, in the right setting in the wisdom of God they'll get saved right there on the spot hallelujah might not be a bunch of fanfare naturally but in the spirit yes the angels are rejoicing and because of your uh, of you uh, grabbing that harvest reaping that harvest you'll see them go to heaven you'll see them make uh, heaven and miss hell praise God I'm telling you what there's harvest all around you may God give you eyes to see it don't look for excuses why it can't happen just walk with the Lord and he's going to show it to you step out it'll be there for you every single time he's going to reveal your harvest to you and I say you got so much on the plate this year you can start pulling it in right now and you know what you're going to pull in major things this year I'm not just talking small like little blessings I'm talking you're going to pull in some big stuff this year so be on it right now because it's harvest time praise God lift your hands father I see the golden glory on your people there's barley harvest for some there's wheat harvest for others and there's the fruit harvest which was the most uh, pleasing harvest of all uh, for some so father let them be able to identify their harvest and for some of you yes there is there's barley right now barley is really good but wheat also is better some of you it's wheat harvest and for some of you it's it's the grape harvest ooh the joy that the the, the grapes always represent the holy spirit the, the the wine of the spirit the joy of the lord the anointing of the spirit of god hallelujah 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 God's touching lost family members right now God's touching family members that are away from God hallelujah you're going to get your cousin saved aunts uncles saved everybody everybody's going to get right with God you and your whole household are going to be saved praise the Lord now that may not mean that everybody's filled with the spirit in the sense where they're like you know you know really into the word and rock solid people in Christ but they can at least be saved and make heaven Woo! yes yes so I say that your whole household shall be saved and may you even be blessed in your family to have those who are really serving God hallelujah thank you Jesus God's going to get everyone praise God and you could even be the net you could even be the one that God uses as the net to pull them into the kingdom and you say come on there's no better day than today today is the day of salvation don't watch clouds because clouds will always try to put it off to another time but today is the day of salvation 
Billy Graham witnessed to Marilyn Monroe and talked with her and said, come on, give your heart to the Lord. You, you know, and she said, oh, she said, Billy, I, I'm very interested in Jesus and I'm very interested in Christianity. She said, but I'm so busy. Uh, talk to me in two weeks. I've got so much going on right now. Two weeks later, she was dead. Within two weeks, she was dead today and Billy Graham tried to tell her today no don't wait receive Jesus now you're not guaranteed tomorrow today is the day of salvation there's harvest for you today there is financial harvest for you today yes there is yes there is you have sown seed there is harvest before you right now now listen to the Holy Spirit Listen to the Holy Spirit. He will help you reap everything that God has for you. And it is going to be good joy and rejoicing in the harvest. Mm -mm. You're going to be able, because of these harvests that you're reaping, you're going to be able to sow the largest seeds you have ever sown before. And guess what that is going to produce? Well, with the Lord, there is no guessing. There is certainty. You're going to reap the largest harvest, and it will just keep going. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All of this stuff is not accidental. The blessing of the Lord is not accidental. It, as you can see, it is on purpose. We are working kingdom principles, just like farmers. A farmer getting a giant harvest, that's not, any, that's not an accident. Somebody to say that would be in, insane. The farmer sowed seed. Plant it, sow seed, water, did all of those things, and then when it was ready, it was right, went out there and harvested. It's just that simple. This is not accident. This is not luck, chance. No, we don't mess with stuff like that. Mm -mm. God's not like that. God doesn't work like that. God established principles in the earth. Glory to God, and we are operating His divine laws. Lift your hands. I want to pray for your eyes and your ears. Lord, let the eyes of your people be opened to see their harvest. Now, let there be illumination released. Lord, let the ears of your people hop open, hop open, pop open to hear the word of direction, the word of wisdom, the word of instruction to go forth now. We thank you, Father God. Let their ears pop now to hear your word. In the name of Jesus, some of you have never heard the voice of the Lord speak ever. Your ears open now, I say in the name of Jesus, and you will hear from the, the, the Lord. You will hear from the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Glory to God. I remember the moment, the day I first heard God speak to me, and He's been speaking at various times since. Also, He has sent angels at times to send strategic timely words and messages to me. You will receive divine instructions, because divine instructions end your frustrations. Praise God. Hallelujah. The instructions are coming. Your time to reap is here. Glory to God. Angels are being released and being sent to you right now. Praise God. This is a very important message. Some of you need to play it back two or three or even four times and listen to it until it gets down in your spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But when the grain ripens immediately, he puts in the sickle. He or she puts in the sickle. When? The moment the harvest is ripe, you go up then. Hallelujah. There is ripe harvest right in front of you. 
Mm, you've got to be walking with the Lord. This is your harvest. When you know your harvest is ready, you don't want to lounge around in bed and you don't want to just, you know, waste your life. Why? This is your blessing. Get it. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That'll put a pep in your step. That'll put a hop in your walk, a hop and a skip. That'll put a smile on your face. Glory to God. Let's take communion together. Let us celebrate the Lord of the harvest. Glory to God. And let's celebrate the God who speaks. All other gods are dead. There are no other gods. Our God speaks. Hallelujah. He talks by the Holy Spirit and gives instructions. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We consecrate it, and it is now the flesh and blood of Christ. Church family, take communion with me. Those of you who are believers, let's celebrate the Lord together. Let us proclaim His death until He comes, because it's through His death that we have now access through His life into all of the promises that He has given to us. Praise God. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for His wisdom of establishing these beautiful laws within the earth. We thank you, O God, that they work. They're just as, they're just as sure as winter and summer, hot and cold, day and night. And that's working. So we thank you that your laws of the harvest are working as well, and the laws of reaping are working as well. Thank you, Father God. Let boldness be placed within the heart of your people to go up and rightfully by faith receive and take what is theirs. Thank you for the word of the Lord being released into their life. You're going to know your harvest. You will not miss it. Father, we receive now by faith the body of Jesus. Let us receive together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. He has supernaturally preserved your harvest. He's hidden it from the enemy. He has hidden it from the enemy. And He's going to reveal it to you, and you can still reap it. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be big. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, we confess our sins. We ask that you forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father God, that the blood of Jesus is more than enough for any sin. We thank you that we can walk in purity and in holiness, and that we can walk close to you from the outer court to the inner court to the holy place to the holy of holies. Father, may we be found very near to you. May we be found before you at your very throne of grace. May we be a throne room company of people. Thank you, Father God. Blessed and being blessed and waiting for the return, the soon coming return of the Lord. Father, you're going to wrap this up soon, and you are accelerating the harvest. The harvest is gigantic. You are accelerating the harvest towards your people, and you're going to accelerate it so fast that seed time and harvest blend together. We thank you, Father God. We now receive the precious 
blood of Jesus. And by faith we receive our harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. Say this, say the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Again, say the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Say it again, the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Your whole harvest lies before you. Go receive now. Spend time. Talk it over with the Lord. It's time to go up and receive God's very best for your life. He's going to show you what lies before you that's ripe and ready now to be reaped and the sickle to be put to it. Pray. Stop right now. Let the Lord show you and you can go in and take it by faith. Thank you for watching. 